Good morning. It is a beautiful Sunday. Um, I'm so thankful that I get to be here with y'all and just share a word from the Lord and what he's put on my heart and um, just that he's so good, right? Anytime anyone shares a message, I just pray that it would glorify the Lord and that it would just prove that he is so good to us and so kind and compassionate. Um, I'm not preaching out of Lamentations, but I just wanted to start off by reading chapter 3, verses 17 through 26. Many of y'all probably have heard this, um, but it's just showcasing God's goodness. I feel like today he just really wants to release the gift of faith um, and that the Holy Spirit is just here. Um, he gives the gifts out, and I really feel like God just, whoever's hearing and in this room, that God wants to give us a double portion of that in our lives. Um, so Lamentations... They don't, it doesn't have an author, but we most likely believe it's Jeremiah. And so um, I'm going to start in verse 17. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will, I well remember, hey, sweet girl. <laughs> Come to the altar. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Amen. And so I just feel like the Lord just put that on us to just read right off the bat is like today is a day full of new mercies. It's a new morning this morning. He is so faithful to us. And so it's just, if you need joy every morning, if you just read that, right? Like the whole world is probably like downcast in their soul, remembering bitterness, like we're in a weird time, but like, yet this we call to mind of like who our God is. And so I wanna just, today I wanna talk about faith and walking by faith. And so I feel like the Lord, um, what happened, well, we could use all, we could use more faith, right? I know that I could use more faith. Um, and so I'm excited about this. Um, Jesus says that faith produces steadfastness. And so when we have a greater measure of faith, then we stand firmer. We have more steadfastness to go, whatever life throws at us. Um, so this word was actually breathed into my life from one question um, that I'm sure lots of y'all have asked the Lord as well. Um, so I was in the shower. I don't know who else talks to God more in the bathroom, but I talk to God the, probably the most in the bathroom. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know why, but I hear some of the best things in the bathroom. So I was just showering, and I started to have all these, like, negative thoughts. They just started to hit me, and just all these negative thoughts about that I was not doing enough for the Lord. So it was just this spirit of negativity that was like, you're not doing enough. What are you doing for the Lord here in Athens? All these terrible things. Um, I don't know how many of y'all get into those thought patterns of just guilt and shame of not feeling like you're doing enough for the Lord. Um, so I was in there, and so I just looked to heaven, and I literally just got frustrated with myself, but then I was frustrated with the Lord, and I said, what am I doing for you? And as soon as I asked that, um, 
immediately had heard, I had heard like the Lord in my spirit say in such a like pleased voice, and he said, you are walking by faith. And I was just like, okay. And I just, it was like all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, he just came upon me and he was just in his goodness, helped me to, to open my eyes to see that which he values so much, like so much in us is our faith. Like it really, it pleases the Lord. Like faith was the one thing that Jesus marveled at. That when people had faith, Jesus would marvel at it. And so just to be encouraged this morning that Jesus knew how much pleasure our faith brings to the Father. Um, so the good news is when you wake up in the morning and you have faith in the Lord, you are already living your best day on earth. Like, there are so many people who wake up with no faith and hope in the Lord. So if you wake up every morning and you still are holding on to your faith in who Christ is, then, like, even before the day starts, God is pleased with you. Like, you are already waking up to the pleasures of the Lord in his favor. And so just be encouraged by that, like, how important your faith is. Um, so walking by faith is living your ordinary day-to-day -day in the belief that the extraordinary can happen, right? Like how amazing is that, that we serve a God, that we can live the ordinary day believing that anything of the extraordinary can happen, right? Healing miracles, things in us, that we are a walking miracle just by being saved in Christ through our faith, right? Like that in itself, the new man, the new creation is something that's extraordinary that we get to walk out every single day. Um, one of my favorite sayings is God loves with a great love the man whose heart is bursting with a passion for the impossible. Because faith is a catalyst to move the hand of God. Like God is looking for great faith because he knows that when we believe God, because he says of himself, is anything too hard for me? Like nothing is impossible for God. So he loves to partner with people who believe in his impossibilities, that we have faith in that. Um, and so we have eyes not for what is seen, but what is unseen. Second Chronicles, I love King Jehoshaphat um, and the Israelites. They were about to get, I mean, they had a vast army coming against them. And so Jehoshaphat, the Lord had already promised to deliver them into their hands. But Jehoshaphat, the people were still scared. And he stood before them and he goes, have faith in the Lord and you will be upheld. So even back in the Old Testament, faith was so important. And we're going to go dive in that a little bit more. But um, by having faith in the Lord, we're going to be upheld against our enemies. Like that is amazing what faith can do, how it is a um, solid foundation for us in Christ. Um, so in, when we walk by faith, we're also believing that we're walking in God's favor to release his grace and power for us to do the impossible here on earth. So as we have faith in God, not only do we want to see God's hand move, but he also wants to move through us that we get to release the things of the impossible. Um, so in Christ, we're blessed, the Bible says, with every spiritual blessing to do even greater works than what Christ has done because now Christ lives inside 
inside of us. So just think about the impossibilities that we can do with our faith in Christ. Like, so many things can happen. As if the world feels like it's blowing up right now, we still serve a God of the impossible, and he can move. And that kind of faith moves heaven and earth. Um, so in faith, we are actually blessed by God so that we would be a blessing to the world. So it's not always just about us, but it's also that we would be a blessing. And we see this in God's covenant with Abraham, and it was a covenant of blessing. So Genesis 12:2, God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And we know that this was fulfilled through Christ. But Abraham was blessed by God so that through his promise and through Abraham's faith and the one who made the promise, the whole world was going to be blessed. So faith, I mean, faith was credited to him as righteousness. Um, Matthew lets us know that there was 42 generations from the time of this blessing of Abraham to the birth of Christ. So each generation was having to walk by faith in a God of this massive promise. That's a, that is a lot of years, right? A lot of generations. We see in the Old Testament that some people did a good job and some people did not. Um, you could tell that those who walked by faith and those who did not was because it was those who obeyed and those who did not obey. Because first, faith births obedience in us. Um, so walking in faith is easy when we feel good about life and when miracles are happening, when God, you see God actually tangibly move in your life and in others. Um, but what happens when this faith is tested? And I'm sure a lot of people's faith has been tested during this time since February. Um, maybe other things, maybe you've gotten a bad illness report um, then, you know, your faith is tested. So what do we see? What happens when we see the opposite of the promise God gives us? I don't know about y'all, but I feel like most promises the Lord gives me, I feel like I go through a season where it's like the opposite that could have ever happened with that promise. Like everything opposite's happening. Um, Charles Spurgeon says, if we cannot believe God when circumstances seem to be against us, we do not believe him at all. And this is faith. Um, Great faith is tested, just how we were praying that God would refine us, that he would test us by fire, because we want to be proved true. I think Abraham had one of the hardest, besides the Lord Jesus, Abraham had one of the hardest testings of faith in the Bible. I'm sure all of, most of y'all here are parents. Um, so we're going to look at, um, you know, Abraham and his testing of faith, because, you know, he had this promise that he was going to be made a great nation. He was barren. He has Isaac. So the promise is probably looking pretty good, right? He's like, yeah, God, you can do this. I was near death, pretty much dead, and um, we conceived a child. And so he thought, you know, all right, the Lord, you, you probably could fulfill this promise. So we're going to read Genesis 22. Um, and if you don't know Jesus at all, this story is so amazing because it's an absolute picture of what Jesus has done for us, and I'm not going to get into that. Um, I'm Phil and Jesse are really awesome in the Old Testament. I'm sure they would love to, to tell y'all about the lamb that was sacrificed in Isaac's place. Um, 
but we're just going to read chapter 22 and see Abraham tested. And this had been a long time, right, since the promise was first given. He had had Isaac. Um, Isaac was probably older at this point, um, or at least he wasn't a baby. And so we're going to read, starting at 22, the first verse. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I'm just going to stop there because could you imagine being Abraham in that moment of having such faith that you would obey God to kill your own son? Like if, I mean, not many people would say, I couldn't do it, right? But you would have to believe in a God that was so much bigger than you were in order to obey him the way that I, or Abraham was obeying him. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place of the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And then the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities and their enemies. And through the offspring and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. That even to the point of death of his son, Abraham had such faith in his God that he would obey him. Um, and so again, like I said, his faith had to be greater than in himself. It had to be in the one that was greater, right? And when you believe God, when you believe who God is, then it causes us to obey him when we believe him, right? Why else would we want to obey him? So faith births obedience, and obedience births blessing. 
So when we are obedient to the Lord, the blessings of the Lord come upon our life when we are obedient through Christ. So Jesus came to fulfill this faith of Abraham and the covenant blessing given by God to Abraham because of his faith. God favors our faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God favored because he loved and therefore blesses those who have faith in his eternal promises found in Christ. So God has given us all these promises. And Jesus gave up his life for us so that we might find everlasting life in him. Like this is the faith that we profess and that we walk out every day is this right here. And in that it causes us to obey um, so how do we lose our life only to find it? Well, we walk by faith. We see Abraham, he had to lose his life. Isaac was his only heir to the promise in order to find it. But he was willing to give it up. He was willing to give his life up so that he could have something greater because he believed the Lord. So if we were to give up every earthly pleasure that we would have to believe that God is better and more satisfying than anything. It's like, could we do it? That's walking by faith is giving up any pleasure that is not of the Lord because we believe that he is better and more satisfying and has something more greater for us than the world could ever provide or even in ourselves. It's walking by faith as our faith increases, we can't help but obey because we trust the Lord so much. Because we know that sin causes death. For the wages of sin is death. Therefore, we follow the Lord and we obey because he promises eternal life. So when your faith increases, then why would we do anything else but other than follow the Jesus? Because that is the only way. That is the best way. There is no other way that we could follow on this earth that would lead to eternal, lead to eternal life except through Christ. And so the Bible also says, like, anything not done... And faith is sin. Like anything not done in faith in Christ is sin, and sin leads to death. So we keep walking by faith because we see a greater hope and a greater promise, more than what we see right now going on in the world or in our daily lives. There's something far greater. Um, A.W. Tozer says, Faith, as Paul saw it, was a living, flaming thing leading to surrender and obedience to the commandments of Christ. So he said it was a living, flaming thing leading to surrender and obedience to the commandments of Christ. Like, this is why we want greater faith. We want boldness. We want to be able to obey his commands. We want to be able to share our faith with courage, knowing that is the power of God, and that is the salvation for those who believe. Like, the more our faith rises up, the more we're going to see things in our life, right? Because if you go into a store and you have that kind of faith that you know it is the power of God when you share the gospel and that people can be saved, those things are going to happen, right? Because if I don't think that, I can easily go into the store and ignore every single person in the store, right? But when we put our mind on faith and we're walking by it, then you can live your ordinary life doing the extraordinary, seeing the impossible, seeing people get saved, seeing healing in your own body, because Jesus has bought all of that for you. Like Travis was saying, it's finished. When we walk by faith, we're walking in a faith that it's already finished. Like how powerful is that, right? That you're not having 
it's not striving walking by faith. It's actually amazing because walking by faith bursts freedom. Like we get to be free because Christ has already finished it. Um, I'm seeing if I'm doing on time. I would love to read Hebrews. I think we can get through it in good time. Hebrews 11. This is called in the Bible the hall of faith. So there we are living in a time where there has been so many people, as numerous as the sands are on the seashore and the stars in the sky, who have gone before us, for us who, who have fought the good fight of faith. Um, so if you want to turn with me to Hebrews 11. It's, um, we're pretty much going to read the whole thing. So just follow along with me. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that it is alive and active. So God, let this increase our faith as we just read Hebrews 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were command, commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I'm going to stop right there for this quick story. Ray Vanderland, he um, knew a rabbi that when people came to his class, the very first class he would open up to Genesis 1 where it says, in the beginning God, and he'd read it and he said, if you do not believe this statement, then you will not be able to take this class. So basically saying that if we do not believe in the beginning God, then what's the rest of our faith, right? So this is what it's saying here, is that we understand in the beginning God. And that's enough. That's an enough statement for us to have faith that whatever happened after in the beginning God, we still believe the Lord. Like even the good and the bad, in the beginning God, that's it, done, you know? And so... And he's saying it right there. Um, so chapter 4. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, and all who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city whose foundation was the architect and builder is God." By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. 
People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God, te God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, and when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lion, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So if you ever need some encouragement, you can read the Hall of Fame of just what faith can do. By having the littlest mustard seed of faith in a really big God, so many impossibilities and miracles can happen for us. And with them, with all of these people, this great cloud of witnesses, all the people who have died for the faith, who have been faithful to the Lord, with them, we will be around a feast and have a wedding with Jesus. Like God has something greater with all of those who have gone before us and all of us now, right? All of us who are walking by faith now, we are longing for a country that is not our own. 
Like Greg likes to say, I don't pledge allegiance to America. I pledge allegiance to Jesus. Like we are longing for something greater and that's our faith, right? Like how many friends and families or people that you come across who don't know Jesus, but they think this is all that there is. That is the most hopeless situation if you think the world we're living in today is all that there is. And so we need to offer people a better faith, right? A faith that moves mountains and that is the glories of heaven, that God alone is our reward for our faith. Um, I love this. Um, so God, in all these things, another translation, instead of like by faith, it says, by trusting. So we are trusting God. And if God is true, right, so we believe God is true, then he's trustworthy. So it's a good way to look at your, your life and see, well, if I believe God in this, am I trusting him with this? Am I trusting him with my school or my job or my situation? Because if I believe God is true, then he is totally deserving of all of my trust, that he does not deserve a doubt in my mind of who he is and what he can do. Um, all of these people were the generations that were before Christ that were trusting God to fulfill his promise through Christ. And we get to read it, right? We get to read their faith and be like, you did accomplish it, Jesus. You did come and fulfill the promises of God. So we're standing on an easier faith probably because we, blessed be God that we have the word and that we have what happened and what's going to happen. Like he's made our faith a solid foundation, especially for this generation. So have hope in that. Um, you know, I love R.C. Sproul says, the issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God, but whether we believe the God we believe in. So when God says something, are we going to believe it? There's an um, awesome song. I was telling Sam about it this morning from this. Y'all should listen to it. Judy Jacobs, that settles it for me. It's old school. You can't even find lyrics to it. Um, but her whole song was like, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me, you know, and so it's like all of these promises of God, if he said it, we believe it, and that's end of story. It settles it for me. If you have a promise over your life, and maybe you're going through a really hard time, or maybe you're struggling with things outside of what Christ has died for you for, like, don't let the enemy lie to you. So you need to stand up against the enemy and said, my God said this, I believe it, that's it. Like, no more thoughts about it right? You get to keep walking by faith because thoughts will make you stop. It, they will make you stop in front of a pit. And if you, before long, you've done fallen in the pit and you've stopped walking by faith, right? Like that's what the enemy wants to do. So don't let him come to the core of who you are, which is your faith in Christ, right? So ask the Lord to show places in your heart that maybe you're not trusting him with or places in your heart where you've gotten a little bit hard in your faith or believing who God says he is. He's the great I am. Go into the Bible and start reading all the characteristics that God says that he is. And if he says it, then he's going to do it. And that's who he is. Um, and our faith, that's what's pleasing God. Because we say, God, you are true and every man's a liar. So any doctrine that rises up against the Lord and what the Bible says is our faith is saying, no, that's not true. And so we're going to believe the Lord. And this pleases God that we believe him. You know, that's why our faith is so powerful. God has spent this whole time showing us who he is. Like that's his desire that we would come to the revelation of his love through Christ Jesus. Like, that's an amazing God that he would want to be known by us. And so our faith helps us know him. A.W. Tozer says, um, 
true faith rests upon the character of God and asks no further proof than the moral perfections of the one who cannot lie. So sometimes you can get questions, right? Like, why is this happening? Or what's going on in the world? Who's going to win the election? But if we can rest upon the character of God and have no further proof, no matter what happens, who cares, whoever wins in November, if we rest on the fact that God is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do and all the promises we have in Christ and that we as a people of God will prosper no matter what and that we have an earthly inheritance, then it's like that's all we need because God is perfect. Even if this world isn't, even if our whoever's president isn't perfect, God is perfect and that is who we serve and that's walking by faith because you walk by faith in that then you're not disappointed. The Lord said, those who hope in me shall not be disappointed. So when your faith is in a God where you can't be disappointed, that's your promise. So don't fear because you will not get put to shame when we hope in the Lord. Um, and I love it. God knows our hearts. He knows what's in man's hearts. Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, is he going to find faith on earth? That's what Jesus asks. He's like, when I come back, well, I find faith, even if it gets really hard and persecution gets real and people start dying because of their faith as they have been, then it's like, well, I still come to earth and find faith. Did you stand firm? Were you steadfast, believing what I said that I would come back for you? Have you lost hope that I'm going to come back for you and that I've prepared a place for you? Like, what a great faith that we have a savior that would come back for us. Why would he do that? Because he loves us so much. And, you know, in Matthew 24, he says that there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. People who've walked in faith, who've chosen not to, and Amber and I, um, we get the privilege every week to go out and share the gospel. And we see that all the time, where we ask people, if they know Jesus, and if they say, yes, we ask, do you have a relationship with him? And they say no. And there was one guy we encountered, and so many times it's like this sometimes, where we say, do you have a relationship? They said, no, I've chosen not to be religious anymore. And I've not chosen, I've walked away from Jesus. And so there's so many people who haven't had the true faith of who God is. And Greg, we were in Colorado, and there was a guy hiking up the mountain, and he was probably in his 20s, and he had a verse, a Bible verse on his, um, tattooed on his arm, and Greg goes, awesome tat, man, thinking he was a believer. And he goes, oh, man, I was 18 when I got this. I don't believe in that anymore. It was a stupid decision. And then another lady chimed in, and she was like, oh, yeah, I used to be religious when I was 18, too. So there's a falling away of this faith, right? Because they probably didn't have a true encounter of the Lord. In some way, they've probably gotten hurt. But that's where we come in, is that it's so important to share our faith and to live lives that God is the best thing that there is, that they would taste his goodness and they would see that he is the one true God and that he is better than anything by the way that we live. Um, but that's why in these last days, or whenever the last days come, it's our last days no matter what, you know, because we only get 80 to 90-something years, if that, you know, so we're living in our last days, that it's so important that we fight this good fight of faith. 
in that. Like, I just want to encourage y'all that God sees your faith, every single one of you here, that he is so pleased with you because he sees how faithful that you've been to him and how faithful you are um, and that you are trying to fight the good fight of faith. And, you know, Christ is our solid foundation because without it, the Bible says doubt is like we're like a wave tossed to and fro in the sea. Like, you know, times when you doubt, like how unshaky you get, it's like one minute you have faith and you're walking on solid ground. And the moment that you doubt, it's like you just get this totally tossed around and it's a horrible feeling, right? Like nobody wants, that's a, just a really terrible feeling. And so Christ, just remember as you walk in faith with him, it's a solid foundation. If you feel like you're being tossed to and fro, Take your doubts before the Lord and let him refine you, let him purify you, let him show you his truth, because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He is going to show you who Jesus is and restore your faith um, when it gets shaky. So we're going to look at Jesus um, and Peter in, in, I think, Matthew. And so, and it's funny, Travis, since this morning, and Jessica, they kept bringing up, you know, the gates of hell. And so we actually are reading that portion this morning. Um, and I didn't write down where it was, Matthew, somebody help me, I know it's 13 through 7, 18 we're reading, but, so when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So doesn't that sound like a lot of people? People say Jesus is all sorts of things. But who do you say that he is? And that you answer this by faith. Faith that Jesus is the Savior of the world and he is the Son of God that was crucified, buried, and resurrected for our sins. Through this faith, Christ built his church. People have died for the profession of this faith. Don't, we cannot take it lightly because the disciples died for this profession of faith. We give our life for this faith because we know Christ gave it all for us. But hell can't stand against the faith because our faith is greater than death. Hebrews says all the forerunners of faith were still living by faith even though they were dead. Jesus has triumphed over death, so our faith is in something greater than death. It's in someone eternal who has died. We have died with him so that we know that we will be raised to life with him again. And that's why the gates of hell cannot stand against our faith. Because it has conquered even death. And that's why we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of persecution or times to come. Because our faith exceeds death. That it doesn't matter what happens to our earthly body. Because we know we're going to be resurrected and we're, our bodies will be glorified and we will have full knowledge and revelation of who God is. Um, so walking by faith, it is also not lonely because Jesus is walking beside us. He ran the race for us, he finished it, and he comes back and walks beside us. That we are not alone in our faith. Even if we've, um, Greg had this amazing, I have to share this testimony really fast. Um, I'm almost done. But we were in Colorado and 
it was uh, amazing. The Lord just, it's cool to just go different places and see that God is everywhere and he loves all people in all places and just get to share Jesus. But we were walking um, down this street and Greg was like, I feel like I have a word for this guy. And I was like, okay, well, go give it to him. So he went over there, and I don't remember what the word was, but the guy was sitting down with a bunch of friends, and Greg was like, hey, man, I've got, I believe God speaks to us. I have a word for you. And he was like, wow, this is crazy. He goes, I believe, but none of my friends believe. And so I actually was asking the Lord. I started to doubt if God was real because my friends don't believe. And he was like, I asked God this morning if he could send someone to me today if he, if he was real. And here comes Greg, and just with this word, right? I mean, this is what faith does. If Greg wouldn't have believed in God and the power of salvation and that God speaks to his kids, he probably wouldn't have shared that word. You know, and then that guy wouldn't have been blessed, but that guy got to be blessed and continue on walking in faith, right? So God is sending out his spirit that we would be encouraged in our faith so that others would be encouraged in theirs because there is going to be a great falling away, but we have a part to play in that. So let's go after people whose faith is shaky and let's restore them with the Holy Spirit, you know, by telling them, hey, keep fighting. God is real. You can encounter Jesus. It is worth it. It's worth it to forsake all things for him even if your friends don't believe and so Greg just got to share that all with him um and so again like do our lives live like this world has something greater or do we live like we have something that's greater in the kingdom that we're going to inherit um Galatians 2 20 is just a powerful declaration y'all know it to walk by faith I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. You cannot have great faith without great intimacy. So the greater faith, the more intimacy you're having with Jesus, right? Because the more you spend time with him and love him and talk to him and invite him into your life, it's just he's so real. And it's like you can't doubt. Like Paul says, I can't turn back, right? There's no turning back at this point because I know that I know that Jesus is real and that he died for my sins and that he is the son of God. So to have this kind of faith that um, Paul just declared, we would have to have some knowledge, some relationship with this Christ who would love us so deeply that he would give himself up for us. And the awesome thing that God promises is that faith has a currency, that it is worth more than gold. So when we have faith, it's protecting our inheritance, that we are actually storing for ourselves treasures in heaven, and that it is worth more than the gold of this earth. I'm going to end, I'm almost done, but just in First Peter, um, I'm going to read this really fast of how it does protect our inheritance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never, never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness, gen, genuineness 
I cannot say that word this morning, of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So the reward of faith is everlasting joy in Christ. Like, you don't see him now, but we love him, right? We're worshiping this morning. We're tearing up. We're feeling the presence move. That is the, us receiving the end result of our faith, is the salvation of our souls, that we would know Jesus, and that we can walk by faith because he alone is faithful. I'm going to end with this. Francis Frangipan said, Beloved, I say, let your fears go lest they make you faint-hearted. Stop inspiring fear in those around you and now take your stand in faith. God has been good and he will continue to manifest his goodness. Let us approach these days expecting to see the goodness of the Lord manifest. Let us be strong and of good courage for the Lord will fight for us if we stand in faith. Um, so I'm going to pray for us, Sam. I don't know if you need to do worship music, but um, this morning, as we worship and have ministry time, I love this new wineskin we're in. If you need more faith, we're going to play a song called Promises by Maverick City, and most of y'all have, have heard it probably at the end. It's just a declaration of, I put my hope in Jesus. So when we get to that part, I just want y'all to really declare that, and that as just ministry time, that the Lord would just bless you with the gift of faith today, that when y'all leave today, that you would go out and share your faith, that it would give you the courage to do that. Um, because again, there's no turning back. If you've, if you've committed to your life to Christ, keep fighting the good fight, even if it gets really hard. Um, because you're not alone. If you do feel alone, we're going to have people that will pray for you. We would love to encourage you. If your faith is shaky or you've gotten a bad report or anything's been going on in your life that you need prayer for, we'll have our ministry team up there. Um, I hope that you guys feel encouraged today by the Lord and who he is and that he's trustworthy. He's so faithful. And so um, I'm just going to pray for us and then we're going to have a time of worship afterwards. Father, Lord, thank you for coming today and your faithfulness, that you are true, God. That I have tried you and you have proven true, God. That there is nothing in which you can't do, Father. God, I pray that if there are, are people's hearts in here, Father, that maybe there's some tough situations, God, that you would show up as the God of the impossible and work the impossible for them, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you, Jesus, are the perfecter and the author of our faith, that Jesus, you knew the Father and that you revealed him to us so that we could put our faith and our hope in you, that we wouldn't be disappointed, Lord, when the trials of this world come, but that you would shape our faith, God, that you would test it. Come and test us and see what is in our hearts, Lord, because you want to see what's in there, Father. So even though testing can be painful, God, it is a greater reward, Lord, and that we would be refined, Lord. We would be made purified. Our faith would be true, God. 
and that even if maybe other people are believing other things in our life or we just hear all these different opinions, God, that you would be counted true and every man a liar, God, and that our eyes would be laser focused to the finish line, Father, that we would fight the good fight of faith, Lord, and that we would run the race with perseverance, God, that we wouldn't hold back, that we wouldn't shrink back, that you might be disappointed in us, Lord, but that we would persevere, God, because you are with us. And as we stand in our faith, Lord, that you, we know that you are fighting for us. You're fighting for your church, Jesus. So let faith arise in your church across the world today, God, and those um, churches and Christians that are being killed for your faith, God. May the reward be you, Jesus, God. And I pray that we would be encouraged, Lord, as people um, are stepping out in faith and being um, bold to share it, God, Lord. And I pray that you would give us that, Jesus, that we would be empowered, Holy Spirit, to be bold to share our faith with everyone around us today, God, because it's something we believe. It's our firm and solid foundation, God, that nothing underneath our feet, if it is built on Christ, can be shaken, God, that we will remain firm and steadfast, God. I thank you for the calling, Jesus, that we would be steadfast, Lord, that you're calling your church to remain steadfast, but we've got to believe in who you are, Lord, and we cannot waver, God, and if you say sin is sin, God, that we take that for what it is and that we do not compromise, God, because the world wants us to compromise sin or say this is not okay or yeah, that's okay if you do it a little bit. No, Jesus, what you say is true, God, and that we would hold on to that, God, and that we would anything that we did would be by faith in you, knowing your word, walking out your word because it's a solid foundation for us, Jesus, and our faith in you. So God, I thank you for faith that today you would just release it to us, Lord, and we would see you do the impossible in our lives and in our nation and the world, God. And thank you that we have a home to go to, Lord, after this one. And we just bless you and give you all the glory today because you alone are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen.